the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And we talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. So let's jump right in. I'm super excited for this conversation because I'm joined by David Madsen, the president and CEO of Sandler, who has just published a fantastic book called Scaling Sales Success, 16 Key Principles for Sales Leaders. It came out in March of this year, and it is so relevant as we wrap up 2021 with a bang, as uh, he puts in the book, 16 Key Principles for Sales Leaders, and he knows a thing or two about sales. Dave, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure to have you. So I like to get to know the person behind the microphone, and anybody that Googles you sees the uh, the leadership experience you have, the sales experience that you have. And we were just talking offline about your disc profile, but you certainly push yourself and you push all of those around you. So how did you get into that? You know, actually, I was a client and I uh, had joined. I thought if you worked harder, you would become more successful in sales. And I quickly find out that's not actually true. You had to work smarter. And so I went to a Sandler as a client way back in the, in the 80s. And I fell in love with it because I realized that it was a conversational sales model and I didn't have to be somebody that I wasn't, you know, that traditional uh, slick salesperson that everyone sees in the outside world, which is far from the truth. But so I sat in and really enjoyed it, became the number one salesperson in my company. And then I actually went to work for Sandler and I've been here ever since and, you know, slowly bought the company until I've owned it. Well, that's, that's fantastic. And I know that you're leading uh, the way you always have, and that's critical. And so what I've found from, from your book, again, called Scaling Sales Success, 16 Key Principles for Sales Leaders, is that whether you're in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, or Timbuktu, the same rules of the road apply for those leaders who are ready to make that journey necessary to transform a team of disengaged, marginally engaged, new or underperforming salespeople into cohesive committed team capable of generating scalable revenue growth. And again, it's 16 key principles, and we only have a couple of minutes to cover it. So Dave, what are some of the things that you have discovered um, that, uh, that you want to make sure our, uh, our listeners on the program put into practice this week? Well, I mean, first of all, let's look at the perspective of a sales leader, right? I mean, we have to lead by example. Uh, oftentimes we get stuck with do what I say, not as I do. And there's a complete disconnect. And in today's environment, you know, there is an awful lot of opportunity for each one of the people that work for us to go somewhere else. 
And if you really do follow the studies, we find that people will leave us because either A, they're not stretched, they're not learning, or they don't respect their sales leader. And so those are things that we can fix. We can fix those types of things. So I think as we read the book, you'll find key things that will go through different aspects of the job that we have. And, and think about it, as sales leaders, we're probably the most undertrained group of people in our company, yet we're the most important group because we're, we're, you know, we're in charge of revenue. But think what happens when people are promoted. They're looking around to senior leadership or an owner looks around and says, who's going to take that spot? It can't be me because I've got so many other jobs. And they look around and they find that top producing salesperson. He said, and you are the new sales manager. I just need you to replicate your success and we'll be awesome. But that's not how it works, as you know. Bruce, words of wisdom from uh, David Matson, the uh, CEO of Sandler. And, and David, I have to ask you, what was that game-changing moment for you? We've all had it in our careers, maybe that time that we've failed, that we've really, really sucked in something that we've done. Or maybe it was just that mentorship moment. Again, I know you mentioned your, uh, your mentor, David Sandler. Um, what was it for you that, that helped you write this book? Well, if I go back in time, I think the greatest gift that Dave Sandler gave me, who, and I had the privilege of spending a lot of time with him, was he would force me to think for myself. So I could never create learned helplessness. I had to have self-sufficiency. And so early on, I fell into the trap of saying, hey, here's the situation. What should I do? And, and David would never actually answer me. Instead, I had to go to him and say, here's the problem. Here's how I think I'm attacking it. Punch holes in it. And he forced me to come with the answer. And that really did change everything. And I think the second thing that stood out is that you have to manage people, take your ego out of play 100% and really start to focus in on the people and the issue and, and not to get your own needs met. Sales management is not the place where you have to get your individual needs met. That's not what happens. And I think those are the two biggest lessons that I got from David. Absolutely. I'm chatting with the author of Scaling Sales Success, 16 Key Principles for Sales Leaders, and that is David Matson, the president and CEO of Sandler, and again, the author of this fantastic, fantastic read, which includes 16 key principles for sales leaders, and we won't have time to cover all 16. Um, but uh, David, I know that uh, just prior to coming on the air, we talked about something that you and I share a passion for, which is helping to develop people while also not forgetting to learn ourselves. Can you uh, give us the high level on those principles? Sure. You know, we have uh, 55,000 people coming through our program each and every year, right? And they're not new people. They're, they're very successful in what they do. And so the rule uh, number 15 from the book is, you know, become a, a learning team. So what does that mean? I think oftentimes we as leaders are keep looking forward, right? As an owner, okay, I've checked the box, they're onboarded. But yet I would challenge most entrepreneurs, most leaders that they probably don't have a good onboarding program whatsoever, and if you really think about that, that's my first you know, introduction to your company. And most times they say, you've got industry experience, you have experience, go get them. And that's not true. So I think it really starts from day one. But I think as leaders, we should create that learning culture, right? One of the things that I'm most proud of our team is they, when COVID hit, the world changed dramatically, right? And so they started role-playing three times a week. And they were role-playing on things that are very specific to what was going on in the environment. And that built confidence and built conviction, and then they could go out. But they also had the ability to pivot very quickly because you know, something new popped up. And they would talk about it, they would share, we create playbooks here. 
And I would suggest that all of the leadership that's listening to the program today does create that learning environment, but it also starts with you as the leader. You know, I jump into those, I listen, I participate, I put myself out there, I'm not right, you know, I'm just one of the team. And I think that respect is something that is really important. I think the other thing is when you do have newer people, or if you have people that are, let's say, very proficient in one area and not so much in the other area, which is common, right? We can't be, you know, super, superman in all these, <laughs> all the things that we have to do. Then what we've done is a couple of things. And I'd suggest that everyone can do it. One is that I do think that you should create a mentorship type environment in your organization where people are sharing ideas. I do think that you should use technology, whether it's voice intelligence or anything else to create playbooks. We have playbooks for everything. And that way it's not the pressure is off of you as the leader. And it really says, here's the objections. Here's how we describe our company. Here's how we do X, Y, and Z. And here's the best of the best. Now we have it in all, we have it digitally because we have voice intelligence and we take the best of the best. But for many, many years, it was hard copy. And then people would take it upon themselves to learn those scripts and learn those responses. But I'll tell you what happened. When we did that and all the control went back to the people, you would very quickly figure out who was on top of their game and who wasn't and who was investing in themselves and who wasn't. Because if they had the tool, but yet they refused to spend the time to stay up on their game, that was an indication that we may have some issues here, right? Because I'm giving you the best, the best response for everything that comes up in your daily lives. And I think that was our responsibility to do that. And I think it also gives us the opportunity to feel, have people feel empowered, right? Because I said, hey, people leave us because they don't feel challenged. Well, if you're continually challenging them, that's invigorating. I mean, people are excited, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, uh, chatting with the one, the only David Madsen, the president and CEO of Sandler and the awesome author of this book, Scaling Sales Success, 16 Key Principles for Sales Leaders. And um, there are some great, great steps, some great homework assignments in this book. And I can't encourage our, our listeners uh, strongly enough to pick up a copy. So that's a perfect uh, segue to uh, David as we, uh, as we wrap up our conversation here on Get Down to Business. I want to make sure our listeners know where they can learn more about you, your team at Sandler, and of course, pick up a copy of Scaling Sales Success, 16 Key Principles for Sales Leaders. Well, they certainly go to Sandler.com. And of course, the, all the books, we have 43 of them are, are there, uh, Amazon as well. But if you reach out, just because, listen, I, I appreciate and I think it's our job to help all of the entrepreneurs and leaders. If you reach out and just say, listen, I listened to the show. Uh, I'd love to go visit one of your programs as my guest. I'm happy to have you as my guest. Go learn. Our job is to help entrepreneurs worldwide, you know, with 256 offices around the world. That is our charter. And I'm happy to give you whatever you need in order for you to thrive. Oh, we'll make sure that we, uh, we share that information um, on our website together with the show notes. Again, David Madsen, President and CEO of Sandler and the author of, uh, of, of Scaling Sales Success, 10 Key Principles for Sales Leaders. We've got to squeeze in a very quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Get Down to Business. Thrilled to be joined by another entrepreneur and a creator. That's right. I'm joined by Molly Rose Speed. Molly is a talented strategic thinker um, with uh, cultivated skills. And we'll talk about that word cultivated in online tech solution systems, seamless automation, online programs and processes that improve company efficiencies. And we know 
every one of our listeners can uh, can learn. And I know, Molly, you uh, you launched your career from being a corporate accountant cubicle dweller to becoming that entrepreneur and creator of the Virtual Assistant Academy. Molly Rosebeard, welcome to Get Down to Business. Hello. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. I mentioned that you started in that cubicle, um, but it sounds like you have become quite the uh, the high-powered entrepreneur. And I want to talk about the Virtual Assistant Academy in just a moment. But tell us about Molly. Yeah, my name is Molly Speed. I grew up in the Midwest, married military, which brought me down to Destin, Florida, and quickly had to create my own career with the lifestyle of a military spouse and all that it comes comes with it. And I've supported online entrepreneurs for the past eight years, learning everything I can about the tech and automation. And now I teach and train virtual assistants to do the same thing. And I place them now with those amazing entrepreneurs. Well, you certainly as a military spouse, you've, uh, you've discovered the uh, challenges of jumping around from, from place to place. And uh, you know, the military, uh, speaking as an army officer myself, um, we uh, we've we've learned the uh, how to adapt, and uh, military spouses perhaps are uh, are the subject matter experts on that. So good for you, and and certainly I know that you can teach so many uh, so many classes, which is what you do with the Virtual Assistant Academy. So tell us about what you have created. Yeah, so I really realized there's a gap uh, for what women can do for entrepreneurs as moms and as military spouses. So in creating this program, it teaches you completely how to run a virtual assistant business uh, from marketing to communicating with clients to onboarding and running your own business, as well as all the tech you need to know to support an online business. So everything from email marketing to social media to bookkeeping and managing an online presence. So after someone comes to the program, they're certified as a virtual assistant and ready to take on their first client. And we handle the placement as well. That's awesome. And along the way, you've, uh, you've learned a lot of lessons. And I know that you, uh, you talk to till you're blue in the face, which is something I think we, uh, we all do in this uh, Zoom era about the things that you're passionate about. And, um, and so you, you, teach your, uh, you teach your team a lot. Um, uh, about uh, creating time freedom in your uh, in your business and life. So I'd love to glean some of those uh, tips that you've learned over time. What is it that, especially as we have this conversation in December of 2021, wrapping up this year in a very challenging year, um, what can our listeners put in place that can help them in creating that space to be present? I think it all starts with understanding what's on your plate. The first exercise I walk a client through that comes to us is identifying over the course of a week, two weeks, depending on how busy your schedule is, everything that you do. And I have you write it down, everything from sending an invoice to scheduling a meeting to calling your mom to buying a gift for your wife, whatever it could be. And then looking back at that list and understanding all the things that you physically don't have to do. And it might open up an opportunity for an assistant on your team, or maybe you're delegating to someone else that you shouldn't be doing these roles. And it really opens up freedom for things that can be taken off your plate. And I also identify things that you probably just shouldn't be doing anymore that are t- distracting from your goals and, and ways that you can be more productive. Absolutely. And uh, words of wisdom, and I agree, I uh, calendar everything, not because necessarily something needs to be calendared, but also I can then point back to literally how I occupied my day. Um, so again, I'm chatting with Molly uh, Rose, who is a talented strategic thinker 
and the uh, an entrepreneur and creator of the Virtual Assistant Academy, something we are going to talk about in just a moment. Um, but first, are there any other productivity tips that you have for fellow entrepreneurs that might be tuning in? Things that you've discovered, hey, work, work smarter, not harder. I certainly agree with the calendar comment. If it's not on, if you look at your calendar, it's how you spend your day. So really identifying what's on your schedule and when you actually want to work. So time blocking things. One of the great things that I do with clients and teams is working in 90 day sprints. So goal planning as we're going to go into 2022 is going to be something we're all working on, but that gets overwhelming. So really focus on what you can do for 90 days and, and get that task accomplished and focus on that and then address the next thing 90 days later. It seems to be a huge game changer for business owners. Absolutely. Having, having that uh, sort of objective that and being able to look uh, and uh, and I, I, I'm a whiteboard person, so I always have it right in front of me, right in front of my screen. I've got that whiteboard with that exactly that 90 day uh, plan. So uh, again, you are the subject matter expert when it comes to uh, virtual assistants and even virtual teams, which uh, you are ahead of the curve in uh, in a world that has certainly gone to that uh, to in that direction. So how do you outsource to a uh, to a virtual assistant? And and I guess more importantly, should our listeners, uh, busy entrepreneurs that are working from home, how do how, how should they uh, offload some of the things that maybe you just don't have to be doing yourself? I think. Those of us that have started our own companies or are working within companies, uh, if you start your own company, you're creating a job for yourself. And you probably are wearing five different hats that you didn't necessarily sign up for when you started your business. And you're, you might not be doing the things that I say are in your zone of genius. So identifying your happiness and realizing that maybe offloading some of those things is super important to you. Also, there's that billable hour factor, right? If you can make $100 an hour and outsource that task for 20 bucks, that is $80 right back in your pocket. So really focusing on those development for your business tasks or billable hour things, and then outsourcing the rest is super important, I think, that we identify. Absolutely. So we've already talked about some of those productivity life hacks. Um, We've talked about uh, creating that time freedom in your business and life and how to outsource to a virtual assistant or a virtual team. Um, but I want to flip uh, flip gears over here and uh, and talk about your virtual assistants, the folks that you are training in the Virtual Assistant Academy. Again, I'm chatting with Molly Rose. And um, Molly, I know that you are helping so many people create a completely virtual, profitable career as a virtual assistant. And I know that you are doing this with, uh, with the lens of having been a, a military spouse. And this is certainly something uh, that uh, the near and dear to my heart and trying to create those opportunities. So how do you get started, Molly? So we have a training program. So at virtualassistantacademy.com is where you can get started and learn everything you need to know about running a profitable virtual assistant business with a community by your side and coaching and mentorship from me personally. And it's it's the easy way to do it. Having gone through it myself and being self-taught for several years, left money on the table. Uh, clients are literally waiting for virtual assistants. We have such a huge demand and not enough virtual assistants to place. So getting your first client is right around the corner after getting certified through something like this. Absolutely. And uh, I'm assuming that's something that based on based on time zones, based on life challenges, whether it's children or other things that might be going on, you're able to sort of determine your own availability and set the parameters for success. Um, so what makes a good uh, 
entrepreneur virtual assistant relationship? Communication, 100%. So from the start, you identifying your needs to a client, even in the interview on, on how you'll be a great fit. And same thing from the client perspective, just being honest with the type of person that you'll work well with, the hours you need, the time zone, the tasks, if they're up to it, if they can learn, if they can figure it out, really identifying that you're a good fit from the start. And that's something we work through through our management company. If you decide to uh, go through placement in that direction. And then it, from then on, the most successful relationships are those that connect on Monday mornings, go through task lists, and celebrate the successes of getting things done each week and, and really treating that virtual relationship like a in-person relationship that's really valued in your business. So gratitude and celebrating the wins and looking for where you can make things better week after week. Awesome. Well, I've certainly learned a lot in this conversation with Molly Rosfeed. Again, the uh, the entrepreneur behind the Virtual Assistant Academy, and uh, hopefully all of our listeners are uh, pumped up and excited. Whether you are an entrepreneur yourself and you are looking for that uh, for that extra help, whether it's for a couple hours or or certain tasks, or whether it's really you just need a partner <laughs> to help you get to the next level, but also for all of uh, all of uh, those that might be considering a completely virtual, profitable career as virtual assistant. So Molly, I know our, uh, our listeners are interested. How can they learn more about you and the Virtual Assistant Academy? So to learn about becoming a virtual assistant, go to virtualassistantacademy.com. If you're in need of hiring a virtual assistant, we offer that as a service, virtualassistantmanagement.com. Uh, my name is Molly Rose Speed, and you can find me on all social channels, and I have my own website. Fantastic. Well, Molly Rosebeed, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and advice with our listeners. Certainly very timely um, as uh, entrepreneurs are taking stock at the end of this calendar year, and certainly individuals are taking stock of their professional career at this point. So again, Molly Rosebeed, thank you so much for sharing with us, and I look forward to bringing you back on um, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And we've got to squeeze in a quick break for some headlines. We will be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm Eric Shalom Klein, and we are having this conversation, believe it or not, we are already in December. We are in December over here, and uh, we are still in a pandemic time. And um, despite that, there are so many things that you need to do to show appreciation, show appreciation to your clients, show appreciation to your employees, show appreciation to everybody around you, because God knows this has been a another very, very challenging year. So I wanted to share a couple of very quick tips before we bring on our next guest, um, which I think is relevant, whether you're a small business owner, a big business owner, really doesn't matter. And uh, a couple of tips that I, uh, that I think you should uh, look at when, uh, when showing your appreciation, when showing your appreciation to all of those folks that I just mentioned. The first is approach the time with sensitivity. It's tempting to try to replicate what you may have done in your office in the past, a holiday celebration for your clients, for your employees, and many may crave a return to the familiar. I certainly do. But you cannot ignore the hardships that so many people are going through. Um, many friends, family could be going through some very, very hard times, and we're in a sobering moment in history. We need to take stock of the world that we've created and what's important to us. So the holiday season is known to be an especially difficult time for mental health at the, at, in any year as many people express, experience increased stress and depression. This season, individuals are also coping with uh, health crisis, civil unrest, political uncertainty, concern about the safety 
of celebrating with family. So mental health support is top of mind for employers, and it needs to be. It needs to be. Everybody's feeling a little bit, a little bit restless, and employees increasingly report feeling burnout. So in the early days of the pandemic, leaders frequently checked in on their employees' mental well-being. I would say that during the holiday season, revive that practice. Double down on checking in with people. Make sure the quiet voices are heard. Make sure we don't have people that are stranded or isolated because of the nature of their remote jobs. And demonstrate gratitude meaningfully. So uh, instead of a party, I would recommend giving a, giving a little gift. Show, show up at somebody's house or in the office with a little bit of a nicer gift, maybe a, maybe a, 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 little, a little snack box with wine and cheese. A lot of people are doing experiences um, versus a, a physical gift. So you can give that element of an experience and interacting with each other from whether it's online wine tasting, a cooking class, or something like that. And again, even in a safe environment, those are the memories that, that you will make. And honestly, people will appreciate it more than being forced to come into the office late at night and be around perhaps in an environment that they're just not used to, that they haven't been in close quarters, close proximity in quite a while. So I would also recommend don't do company swag this year. Don't do company swag because again, a lot of people are using Zoom virtual backgrounds and things like that. So it's probably just going to sit in a closet somewhere. Maybe like a thankful box. We just finished Thanksgiving, of course, but uh, provide the treats uh, together with the gratitude exercise that uh, your team can go through together. And again, the same applies um, for clients as well. And a gift can also tie back to the organization's purpose or concern. Um, you can, uh, as a company, donate to a cause or give employees money to donate to, a, uh, to their choice of charitable organization. And uh, just a couple more tips for you. Again, we're chatting here on Get Down to Business about some ways that you can express gratitude during this holiday season. This difficult year, employees may not want a bottle of wine or a holiday Zoom call. They may actually prefer time off. Many people haven't used vacation time this year because there's frankly fewer places to go, but that can lead to burnout. In addition to encouraging employees to take PTO, Companies can ease stress by having no video calls on Fridays or no meetings on Wednesday afternoons, allowing employees more time to get work done. We all need a little self-care. Employee appreciation um, works um, because it provides a little well-being focus that can help. Other holiday initiatives can include subsidized childcare or changing meetings times, meeting times to help parents coordinate family responsibilities. Those are additional ways companies can help employees feel a little bit more restored. And finally, finally, uh, and I mentioned this a moment ago, uh, invite employees or clients to choose options, a gift box, an online performance, time off. Employee preference, client preference may look different for everyone and how they want to celebrate and what celebrating means to them. We don't want to be uh, too prescriptive of what we want our employees to do. Instead, provide guidelines and give options, such as activities that connect with others safely, solo time, or even time to spend in career and professional development. That optionality, by the way, has blended very well with people. They don't feel forced and they can choose their own adventure. Even if the activities look different, the purpose of holiday events hasn't changed. That's to show uh, that a company values its relationships. This effort's not just for now, but it's an investment into 2022. And in this current environment, with one day feeling just like the next, taking time to commemorate and celebrate is an investment in relationships, helping people to feel restored and ready for the challenges of 2022. So I hope you found that helpful. I always love to hear from our listeners on my website at shalomkline.com. Get in touch with me, please. And uh, looking forward to, uh, to hearing your feedback and all of these tips, which I'll be posting again right there on the website. 
Um, and uh, be sure to check out our sponsors. Tom Arbali from HealthPlanChicago.com, HealthPlanChicago.com for all of your health insurance, affordable care act needs. And be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share. Uh, we are available not only on AM560, The Answer in Chicago, but also on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to just search for Get Down to Business, but make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and share. It makes it even easier for people to learn all about the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So again, I get my website, shalomkline.com, and we will be right back with yet another high-powered entrepreneur, leader in the business community. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And did you know that just down the road from our studio here at AM560, there is an amazing company based in Arlington Heights, and it's uh, Nala Rob- Robotics. And I'm so excited to be joined by Ajay Sankara, um, who has created the, the world's first fully automated restaurant experience using patent-pending, cutting-edge technology, culinary innovation, and hundreds of menus from across the world to create a one-stop eatery for all taste buds. Ajay, welcome to the program. Thank you, Shalom. Uh, thank you, and uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's, it's an honor and pleasure. And I'm just so excited uh, by everything that you and your team at Nala Robotics are doing. So Ajay, I'd love to get to know the person behind the microphone first. I know you are the president of the team. Um, and, uh, and that means you are leading these innovation efforts. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. So uh, I come from a technology background. Uh, I grew up in India and uh, had uh, started engineering. Uh, and uh, then I moved to uh, the United States in 2002. Uh, and ever since then, uh, I've been uh, I've started a few technology firms uh, in the Arlington Heights area. Uh, and uh, uh, like in 2010, we started a learning center chain, uh, which has 150 locations uh, uh, you know, that teaches uh, kids uh, math and English. Uh, and uh, recently, like, you know, uh, I, I own a couple of breweries as well. And uh, when I was at one of the breweries, uh, uh, I actually came across uh, the idea of uh, uh, why don't the beer taste the same every single day because it's, it's fully automated. And uh, why don't we apply the same thing uh, to the culinary industry so that every restaurant can serve uh, consistent food every day. And uh, that's where we started Nala. And uh, today, you know, we have our first uh, restaurant that's commercially open. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, again, I'm chatting with Ajay Sankara, the uh, Nala Robotics president. And uh, really, we're going to talk about two different uh, sort of areas of this. There's both the, uh, as I said, the patent pending technology, um, as well as I know, Nala, you are uh, preparing to open a restaurant in Aprilville's Mall of India that's using a robotic kitchen to create the most delicious and amazing chicken dishes. So you don't need to... uh, so you don't need to go too far uh, from uh, from our uh, Chicagoland area. So, so Ajay, this is really, really exciting. So robotics is something that we are starting to, I guess, get a little bit more comfortable with in our in our environment. I mean, everybody, I'm scared to say the word Siri or Google because immediately all of the, all the devices around us will start to uh, will start to talk back to us. Um, but it's not just around the uh, the sort of virtual assistant, something that we talked about earlier in this program, but it is also coming into the restaurant space. So uh, for, for a lay person that doesn't understand robotics, how can a robot possibly replace 
that waiter waitress experience as well as create the most delicious and fine delicacies that we're used to in a restaurant that we go to in the Chicagoland area? Uh, that's a very, very good question, in fact. And uh, uh, it's true that uh, uh, we have uh, a lot of hesitancy in terms of uh, uh, adapting to, uh, to technology. Uh, again, we have a lot of inertia to adapt to anything. You know, that's a, that's a human gene. You know? And uh, but the the pandemic actually has created uh, a new void. Uh, uh, we are right now looking for touchless food. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the pandemic has, has left uh, left us socially far apart. In fact, and we don't want to uh, see another human or you know, stay close to another human. Unfortunately, uh, but that's exactly where Nala would actually help uh, uh, the the. the cross-contamination element, you know, the, the uh, element where uh, this touchless food, all these things uh, uh, definitely can be addressed with technology, you know. Uh, uh, also, like, uh, if you look at how technology has helped us in the past, like, uh, let's talk about computers, for instance, it actually improved the quality of our life. So every time technology has been adopted, uh, it, it changes the way of our life, the quality of our life. You know? And I believe, like, uh, in the culinary industry as well, uh, it's going to be the same, uh, you know, the, the way we designed our system, in fact, uh, the, the serving uh, and uh, the plating is still manual because there still has to be a little bit of love uh, you know, when you serve the food and it's not just you know, the ingredients, right? Uh, so we, we did uh, leave only, uh, we, we did uh, leave the, the serving part uh, to, uh, you know, to the regular traditional human uh, serving, but uh, the actual preparation, the chef part of it is actually replaced by a robot. If, uh, if- Aja, you uh, you create a, a robotic version of Chopped. Um, please uh, invite me to the audience because I can't wait to see a, uh, a robotic Gordon Ramsay and uh, yelling at uh, at a bunch of other robots, uh, telling them that their food is is garbage or something like that. Um, but uh, I know we're we're not quite there yet, but I think we might be on something, Aja. Again, I'm chatting with uh, Aja Sankara, the president of Nala Robotics, which is actually based right here in Arlington Heights and uh, creating some real innovation. As uh, he just said, not completely replacing people, but certainly adding um, in the efficiencies. One of the, my best friends who's in the, uh, in the restaurant business has told me that the key is consistency. Key is consistency. When you come into uh, a restaurant, it should always be the same. So, Ajay, is that something that uh, your technology is ensuring? Exactly, in fact, and that's what uh, our entire platform is based out on. Uh, we want to make sure that any recipe that's taught to the system, it actually is pretty consistent every single time. Uh, no matter uh, what the ingredients are, uh, if it says uh, uh, you know, 5% salt, it always has to be 5% salt is what we look at. Uh, and that's exactly the, the, the key element or the key benefit uh, of adapting to, uh, to technology in the, in the robotic space, and sorry, in the, in the restaurant space. That's incredible. Uh, again, I'm I'm just so excited by all of the technology that's uh, that's being created again um, right in our neck of the woods. But again, Nala Robotics is uh, is uh, Nala is the world's first fully automated restaurant experience using patent pending cutting edge technology, culinary innovation, hundreds of menus from around the world to create a one stop eatery for all taste buds. And uh, again, I'm chatting with the president uh, of the company. When we come back, we're going to talk about how the uh, how uh, now is uh, preparing to open a restaurant in Naperville's Mall of India uh, that's going to use that robotic kitchen so we'll be able to see it in action. So we've got to squeeze in a very quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. But when we come back, we will uh, talk about this as well as explain where you can go online to actually see this really, really cool video and watch it all in action. If you're listening to Getting Down to Business, don't touch that down.
Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. We'll, uh, we'll link to all of our guests in today's program. But I'm talking with quite the entrepreneur, um, the uh, president of Nala Robotics. I'm uh, chatting with Ajay Sunkara, and uh, they have quite a few brands under their portfolio, but very, very soon, um, and I'm very excited about the timing of this, a brand new uh, restaurant in Naperville using the robotics that we've just talked about in this program. Ajay, when can we expect that uh, the restaurant to open? Uh, well, uh, Shalom, we actually have uh, multiple uh, storefronts that are multiple restaurants that we are opening there. Uh, the first of them, uh, the, the One Mean Chicken, which serves uh, chicken and uh, wings, it actually opened last week. Uh, but uh, we have uh, multiple other brands that we're launching. In fact, uh, uh, Surya Tiffins, uh, it actually uh, has, has launched as well, which serves uh, South Indian breakfast. Uh, we are launching our Thai food, uh, uh, Thai 76, that serves uh, delicious Thai food uh, uh, starting next weekend. And uh, we also have multiple other uh, virtual restaurants that we are starting, which includes uh, soups and salads. Uh, we're talking about sandwiches. So a lot of other uh, virtual restaurants will be starting, all powered by uh, the robotic chef Nala. Absolutely. So not only can you enjoy that great food, but you can also see uh, some fantastic uh, robotics in action. And as we've said earlier, it provides that consistency. So you can be guaranteed that every time you come in, you're going to have that same experience and that same high quality foods. So, um, I mean, I'm just super pumped and excited by all of this innovation that's occurring right in our backyard in the Chicagoland area. Um, and um, I know that there's ultimately a lot of people that are, uh, that are powering this, uh, this technology and this innovation. And uh, Nala Robotics, I know, is looking for quite a, uh, quite a few people to, uh, to join, whether it's in the restaurant as well as uh, out in Arlington Heights and a couple of other locations as well. So, um, Ajay, can you talk about some of the career opportunities as well? Uh, well, we do have a lot of opportunities uh, uh, in terms of, I know, even though it's a, it's a robotic chef, in fact, uh, a lot of other elements uh, uh, are, are still human. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, there still needs to be a lot of love that's uh, that's put into serving food, in fact. Uh, we do have uh, a lot of uh, uh, jobs related to, uh, you know, uh, uh, wait staff, uh, uh, friend desk. Uh, we do have staff on the technology side of it. We are looking for uh, mechanical and uh, electronics uh, engineers. Uh, we do uh, have jobs uh, related to business development managers uh, and also uh, real estate uh, uh, developers, in fact, uh, to help us uh, scout for uh, uh, new locations uh, uh, for Nala, in fact. Uh, and all these and, things will be on our website. Absolutely. And we're going to send people to your website in just a moment. But real quick, before we do that, in 30 seconds or less, can you tell us what do you expect from the robotics industry over the next decade? What can we expect uh, moving into uh, moving into 2030, perhaps? Well, uh, it's going to be a, a lot of innovation in terms of every industry, every segment. Uh, the the most beneficial would be in the in the culinary industry, uh, and the, the introduction of robots is going to change the, the total game of uh, not just uh, uh, like how the food is uh, food is cooked, in fact, but also how the food will be delivered. Uh, with, with, Tomorrow, like we'd have automated cars that will actually drop the food and, and leave. You know? So there's a lot of innovation that will be happening uh, uh, all across uh, uh, in the next. But 2030 is way too far away. I would say like by 2027, 8, you know, we still will see a lot of, you know, a lot of fun things. I'm so excited to see it. Uh, again, we've talked about the robotics, the technology. We've talked about some of the restaurants, some of the brands. We've talked about some of the careers. So I know our listeners are itching to get on your website and get in touch with the Nala Robotics team. Ajay, can you uh, t- can you tell us how we can get in touch? Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, you can uh, go to our website uh, nalarobotics.com, 
and uh, we have a contact us page you know uh, whatever inquiries you have in terms of jobs or in terms of any business uh, and opportunities uh, you can uh, uh, put up your information there and uh, we'll reach out to you uh, also uh, the the job applications uh, you know, go to the career page on our website and you can uh, right, right away apply for the jobs over there Absolutely. NalaRobotics.com. I've been chatting with Ajay Sankara, the uh, the president of the company, and I can't wait to see the chicken restaurant, the breakfast place, all the places that are opening up and uh, the great food. And as uh, he said several times, there's still a lot of love behind each of the uh, each of the recipes, each of the ingredients, and they're looking for people to join the team. NalaRobotics.com to learn more. And they've got a great video that sort of outlines some of the things that we've talked about. But that's a wrap for us here on the show. All about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Again, on my website, ShalomKline.com. Check out our sponsors. HealthPlanChicago.com to success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on five six of The Answer. Thank you, Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.